This is episode 596 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Random Ideas to Enhance Everyday Survival. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. I'm so glad that you are joining me here on episode 596. It's been a very crazy weekend as I get ready to record, or as I'm recording this podcast, there's been a lot of news out there, especially with the mass shootings. And so, you know, we had El Paso happen. We've had uh, Dayton, Ohio happen just 12 hours later. Then uh, you hear about things that are going on in Chicago. And some people were saying Chicago is just a normal everyday. That's a normal everyday weekend with like 34 people shot. And, you know, so many people died over the weekend. But Still, all these things that are going on and all the stuff that's in the news and then you have the politics behind it and all of that stuff. You know, most of you who listen to this podcast know that I am a pastor. And so this Sunday, I talked a little bit. I opened up with uh, talking a little bit about all the crazy things that are going on. Not only did I talk a little bit about, you know, the, the mass shootings that had happened, but just things that are going on around the world. It's not just things that are here in the United States that are kind of up in arms. You've got things everywhere. And just looking at Twitter just in the last couple of days, there were mass protests all over the place, right? So you've got the things going on in Hong Kong. And I don't know if you are aware of that, but you have mass protests going on in Hong Kong. China has moved soldiers into the border, so at any time they're ready to go in there and start cracking heads, you know, and they're not going to play around. They're going to get fed up with it and like, okay, these these young people that want democracy and all this kind of stuff, we're going to go ahead and put this down. The protesters in Hong Kong take it kind of almost to another level, though, when they shoot off tear gas. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the videos on, on YouTube, I'm sorry, on Twitter, when they shoot off uh, tear gas... Well, a, a lot, every one of them, they're carrying around bottles of water. So the minute that tear gas falls down around them, I mean, there's like 10 of them that will go with water and douse it out. And uh, they're using high-powered lasers to uh, you know, mess with cameras and different things like that. And so they almost take it to another level, their, their protests. And there's a lot of them. But that wasn't the only one that kind of caught my eye. You know, we've been uh, watching what's going on in France. There's like, I think it's... 37 weeks, 38, somewhere around there, weeks of the yellow vest protest over there that are going on. You know, you don't hear a lot about that in the mainstream media, but some of the articles that I was reading was talking about how Macron is just losing France and France is in in, in total chaos over there. And so you have that going on, right? Then I saw a protest in South Africa and there was a bunch of cops and I don't know what all the context was. But they were trying to make it to their armored vehicle. And, uh, you know, there was like mobs of people. I mean, so many people throwing bricks. And so they uh, they get to the, the cops finally get to their armored vehicle. And then inside, they're videotaping, you know, through the window. And you see these humongous rocks being thrown at, 
at the uh, armored vehicle. And of course, it's got bulletproof glass and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't harm the vehicle. But man, it is crazy. And when they take a wide shot of the street, there's a lot of people in these bricks. I mean, tons of bricks all over the place. And so you have, you know, those that's just there. There's other protests. I mean, you got Venezuela issues going on over there. You've got issues going on all over the world. And those are just three, though, that kind of stuck out at me as I was watching videos on Twitter and, and things that are happening. So we are living in a very crazy world. It's not just the United States. It's everywhere. And I don't believe that it is going to get any better. I believe it's going to get worse. And you know, we can talk about that. We can expound on that. But let me preach to you just a little bit, if you don't mind. I, I use the, the scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, to kind of kick off my message. And so it wasn't, I'm sure everybody was like, Todd, are you giving us another <laughs> gloom and doom message here? But uh, just to give you a couple of verses here, then I want to jump to that very last verse. And I want to talk a little bit about how it applies to preparedness. So verse one says, now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Verse 4 says, But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. And so there's this idea in, in preparedness is that we need to be aware of what is going on. We need to stay aware of what is happening. And so the real purpose of starting out with that was verse 11, when, uh, or at least in my message this morning to the church, verse 11 says, Therefore, after all of that, after you know that all this stuff is going on, you know that the world is going to go crazy, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So my message in church was about encouraging, encouraging other people and being a light while we are living in this crazy world. And the same thing kind of applies to preparedness. Now, you might not be a believer who's listening to me right now uh, in on this on this podcast, but the same idea about preparedness can apply if you want to take it that way. Is this world is crazy? People are going to be looking for answers. People are. I mean, I've already see it all over, you know, Twitter, and I've seen it on Facebook when I jump over there to see kind of what people, are, how people are taking all the things that are going on. And people are like, I can't believe this is going on. I can't believe I live in this world. I can't believe that my kids are growing up in this, and they have to see all of this. And the idea is that we have an opportunity right now to talk about being prepared. So just let me remove the the Christian side of that, the faith side of it, because I know some of you that are listening aren't believers. Um, and most of, a lot of you are. And so, uh, you know, I always hear from you. I, I greatly appreciate that. But some of you are not, but this still applies as the world is going crazy and things are happening. That should make us even more so realize how important preparedness is and how we need to be uh, open and aware and stay like the verse here says, be sober, right? And, and be sober, understanding the times that we're living in, because I don't believe it's going to get any better. I believe it's going to continue to get worse and we can, you know, hope for, uh, you know, love and peace and, and mercy and all that kind of stuff. I just don't believe that it is going to get better. And so, you know, that's one reason why we prepare. I mean, ultimately, we have our families. We want to make sure that our families are safe and they're taken care of. And we're able to mitigate any issues within an emergency. 
whatever that might be, we want to be able to make sure that we are safe, that our family is safe, and that we can help them in times of need, right? Whether that is your your, your your family that lives with you in your house or whether that's an extended family, maybe, you know, grandkids, maybe your sons, daughters, whatever. Maybe you're looking at uncles and aunts and cousins and all that. Anybody that would listen and would come and so you're able to help them. So we're living in crazy times and we need to be aware of that and understand what is going to be our response to that. And, and not just, you know, hey, gear up and, and all that stuff, you know, and you get on your bulletproof vest and buy more ammo and guns and all that. You need to protect yourself. You need to be, you know, have that self-defense mindset. But well, how can you take that further? Where, you know, where are you going to go beyond that? You know, maybe you are, you need to practice a little bit better being situationally aware, being in those kinds of situations so that when you are, when you find yourself possibly in that situation or you see things that are going on in the news, maybe, uh, you know, the economy is starting to uh, crack up a little bit more. You know, you know, one of the things I didn't bring up was Iran they um you know they captured a vessel and they said that it was you know oil was was being smuggled over so at what point do people who are dependent on oil and oil jobs and in gas and you're buying all that kind of stuff which is almost every single one of us listening to this that oil starts realizing hey you know what um there's this problem here and so oil starts shooting through the roof and so uh, i was listening to a video from jacob prash who is another Bible teacher, but he looks at the world around. And he was saying that there was a big meeting by oil executives this last week talking about oil and talking about what's going on with Iran and the, the you know, the Hormuz and all that kind of stuff. And what could they do to ensure that things don't get crazy with oil and they're able to sustain kind of where we're at right now. And so he was saying that when things like that start to happen, then you need to be paying attention to that. And that was kind of behind the scenes, but that information is out there. And so that, you know, that's the kind of information that should get us thinking. And so when you're hearing things like this, being aware of it, like, hey, how do I need to adjust? You can add on top of all that, you know, talk about uh, crops not being planted like they should be. And, you know, you talk about food shortages and, you know, we've seen a lot of articles on Prepper website lately about that kind of stuff. And so you can add that on top of it. How would I adjust? Is there anything that I need to do to my food storage? And so you just kind of keep, you know, being aware of what's going on. And again, not living in fear, but being aware, being smart. If you knew what was coming, wouldn't you want to know so that you could prepare a little bit better? And so I like that, you know, that last verse in verse 11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you, you are doing. So let me encourage you to continue prepping, continue being or paying attention to what is going on. And this article that we're reading today from timgamble.com is going to talk a little bit about that, about how we can uh, enhance our survival every single day. And so there's just some random thoughts, I think, you know, just perfect for today and for today's podcast. Again, his title is Random Ideas to Enhance Everyday Survival. Again, from timgamble.com. I'm going to go ahead and start reading it. And then I have some thoughts as, we, as we're as we reading some of these, you know, uh, ideas as we move along. So let's go ahead and start. 
This article is in about wilderness survival, homesteading, or surviving some dreaded apocalypse. Instead, I share some random ideas they may enhance everyday survival. So the first one is live as near to where you work as possible. Let's face it, most of us aren't independently wealthy, so we have to work for a living. Long commutes between home and work are common these days, but are a mistake from an everyday survival point of view. There are many advantages to living near your workplace. You can save time, gas, money, and wear and tear on your car. In an emergency, you can get home quicker and more safely. You might even get a discount on your auto insurance, saving money you can spend on your preps, paying off debt, or building an emergency fund. Walking distance from work is ideal, or only minutes away via car or public transport. All right, so I know on this one here, um, I can say that I... I agree with it because that's me, right? Um, one of the things we had a we had a, a, a meeting where we did a little bit of an icebreaker. It's kind of a first meeting back for a lot of people as the school year starts ramping up, and we did uh, two truths and a lie. And you know, my lie was, uh, or no, what, one of my truths was, uh, my 2011 truck is about to hit 100,000 miles. And you know, a lot of people are like, well, t- you know. 2011, that's that's a long time. There's no way you, you would have already hit 100,000 miles. And I mean, I was like right under it, you know, like five miles from, from going under it. And by, by this time, I've already surpassed it. But um, that was one of those those things. And one of those benefits is I, I live close to uh, work and it is very beneficial on so many different routes. Not only Not only just the survival preparedness aspect of it, but just, you know, when you've had a long day and not having to travel very far to get home. And, uh, you know, if you ever find yourself in an emergency situation, if you had to walk home, you know, you could easily have some, uh, you know, some shoes. You know, you should have some different kinds of shoes, some comfortable shoes, maybe some old tennis shoes that, you know, you don't really wear anymore that you can keep inside of your vehicle. So if you had to and you had to get home, you could use those. So, I understand that there's a lot of people out there that you just can't live close to work. You know, uh, in those cases, what can you do if there was a situation where you had to get home in in a hurry or and you couldn't do it because or you know through your normal route? And that's one of the things to to think about. Maybe if your boss allows you to keep a bicycle at work for whatever reason. That might be you can you can buy a cheap twenty twenty five dollar bicycle at a garage sale and then stash it somewhere at work. You know, uh, if you have a vehicle where you can keep one of those folding bicycles, you can get a folding bicycle for one hundred and fifty dollars off of Amazon and put that in your in your trunk of your vehicle and you can use that if you needed to. But more than than even that, possibly having. Uh, a get home bag or a kit that you can take with you to, you know, have some water and again, something, you know, some comfortable shoes, some comfortable socks to be able to get home if you had to walk home for whatever reason. So there's some benefit there to it. So you can imagine if you are at work and things start going crazy, you're able to get home pretty quickly. But if not, have some kind of idea of how you would do that, even if that means you are getting in your vehicle and you are having to drive home from and you know your vehicles are okay and all the roads are open and all that kind of stuff maybe understand that you need some multiple routes to get home what different ways could you get home if you needed to you can go to google maps and uh, do that very very easily 
you can do destinations from one direction to the other and they will give you different routes that you can take and so you can get an idea of what uh, of what that would would take you can even put in the time of day that you want to leave and a lot of the times they'll look at historical data as far as traffic and if that's the best route for you or not all right so let's go ahead and move on here next up is know your way around your location particularly the areas in which you live work shop worship and go to school also know where the bad neighborhoods and high crime areas near you are and how to avoid them know several escape routes from where you live should bugging out ever become necessary or even mandatory have paper copies of directions and maps in case GPS and Google Maps are down when you need them. All right, so good advice there again. I've kind of talked a little bit about the routes thing. On this um, on this one, I want to point out a website that might be very helpful to you. I've talked a little bit about it before. It's called crimereports.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can go to it. But when you first, I, I want to just tell you a couple of things here that are interesting. When you first go to it, um, it's going to say welcome to crime reports and you can enter in a zip code right and just wait a few seconds and uh, it'll bring up your area because if you hit enter it'll have a little bit of an issue and stall out on you so type in your zip code and just wait a second and it'll pop it up so one of the things that i want to point out on the right hand side there is a little pop out that will um, that will it has a list on it and then it loads up the different trends. So you see the violent trends, the property uh, issues, and then quality of life it has a has that there for you. And then you can see the most recent uh, like robbery, right? And uh, I'm going to try to get a little bit closer to my uh, my home as far my neighborhood as far as that goes. So as you get closer to it, um, and you can drill down, and you can also you can zoom out. They have different icons, so like property crime has one, robbery has another, theft of vehicle, theft, assault. So you have all these, even drugs, um, have all these uh, icons, and so you can see where they're at. So you have that on the left hand, on the right hand side. On the left hand side, you have a filter, and so when you first get here, so like the automatic filter in my area, which is pretty sad. The, and of of course, the more you filter down, it's going to change, um, right? But anyway, so right now I'm looking at July 21st through August 4th, and there are a lot. I mean, there's pockets. I can look at certain places, and there's more crime in certain areas than others. Also, you'll see on the map, you'll see like numbers. And uh, so that number, like I see a number four right here, uh, not very close to my house, but you know, off to the side over here. And that's four issues with property, right? So property crime there. But anyway, you can go to the filter and you can filter down to like the past three months. And let me warn you, when you do that, you might freak out just a little bit because you're going to see a lot of crime. And that's very important uh, as well. Right. So you see what kind of crime is going around your area. Um, if you are visiting a certain area of town, you can bring that up and get an idea of, of what's going on. Uh, if you're visiting someone in another in another city, maybe you're going to visit, you know, a friend, family members, whatever. You can bring up their address and look around. You're like, hey, what is what's it going to be like? Maybe even traveling into, you know, when I get off the interstate, what's it going to look like? One of the important things about CrimeReports.com, though is that you need to have agencies reporting. And so um, on that right side tab that I was talking about, that that uh, 
comes out that pops out uh, on my map. I have two agencies reporting. So I have uh, the Houston Police Department and I also have Harris County. So I have the county and I have uh, the Houston Police Department reporting crimes. If your area does not report crimes, I think to the FBI or, you know, whatever, if they don't do that, then you're not going to be able to find out the area. You know, you're not going to be able to find out what's going on. And so there is one part of town where I, um, you know, where, where I have visited before that I checked out and there wasn't any crime whatsoever. And so you would think, oh man, this is perfect. There's no crime over here. And what it was is there's no, you know, there's no agencies reporting crime to the FBI statistics or, or whatever, whatever organization that is. I believe it's FBI, but I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, I think this is one of those websites that you should go check out. And again, that's crimereports.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can easily go there. Next up, always maintain at least one vehicle in excellent condition. Keep up with routine maintenance, get needed repairs done as quickly as possible, and make sure your tires are in good condition. Doing these things will mean less breakdowns and will save you money in the long run. Also, keep the gas tank topped off. I'll never let my tanks dip down below the halfway bar. And if possible, to safely do so, keep at least one 5-gallon can of gas on hand for emergencies. Rotate it on a regular basis. Now, even if you can't store the gas safely, keep an empty gas can on hand just in case. Make sure you have an emergency kit in your vehicle, including items such as some food and water, first aid kits, flashlights, extra batteries, extra oil and jumper cables, or battery starter. For winter, include extra gloves and head neck coverings. A warm blanket is also a good idea, as is a power bar for your phone. Or I guess that's a power charger. I think you should always have that. You know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I've talked about that on a regular basis. Um, definitely, I agree with everything that Tim is saying here on the food and water, depending on where you live. Uh, if you are living in, in places that, you know, with extreme temperatures, like um, in the hundreds and then in a vehicle sitting out, you know, easily 120 degrees inside, um, you know, with the heat and everything. You don't want to leave food and water in there, especially water in uh, plastic containers. It'll start to break down, and it's just, I don't think that's healthy. I've always talked about having some kind of little pouch, something that you can carry with you inside, something that, that might not be too noticeable. It could be like a small backpack or whatever that you could carry inside of your business or inside of your work, and that would have maybe a couple of bottles of water and maybe some snacks in there for you, and that way you don't keep it in your vehicle where you are experiencing extreme temperatures, right? And so in wintertime, you have the, the risk of it freezing and then, of, of course, busting. In the heat, you have the, the risk of it getting too hot and breaking down. But anyway, a lot of great ideas here, especially the, uh, the gas. You never know when you're going to be in an area of town where you don't want to get out of your vehicle. And so just having it you know, always at the mid mark and just letting that be your time where you go fill up. I think that's all you have to do it more often. Definitely. And are there times where it dips down below that? Yeah, because just life gets crazy. But as you know, as one of those things that you can always a marker that you can always peg on is to try to go fill up when you get halfway, when your when your fuel gets halfway and you are, um, you know, you, you're starting to see that. So a lot of other things there that are great and good advice there. Let's move on. Next is take common sense precautions to secure your home and vehicle. Find ways to make it more difficult for bad guys to break in. Keep doors and windows locked. Make use of steering wheel bars and door alarms. 
Have working smoke alarms and fire extinguishers to protect your family and home from fire. Install a steel security door. Consider a security system or a doorbell with a camera and monitor. Consider owning a handgun or home defense shotgun, legally and safely, of course, and get well-trained. The Shooter's Bible Guide to Home Defense may provide more information. Let me tell you, there are, again, a lot of great advice. The doorbell with the camera, we installed one of those probably about two years ago. I did a little article on it, and I think it was a great move. And one of the things, the reasons I didn't do it before was I thought that the cost... It was the yearly cost. I thought that was a monthly cost. I'm like, that's too expensive to have, you know, whatever you do video and, and have it go to the cloud. And when I realized, I'm like, no, that was a yearly fee. I'm like, no, that's a no brainer to do something like that. So imagine, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, you have people coming to your door or, uh, you know, you have a video that you need, it automatically gets sent up to the cloud. And if something happens to your home, it's there and it's available for you. And you've seen a lot of videos. If you're on social media, you've seen videos that people have shared out that talk about what's going on in, you know, in the area. Even just the uh, the app itself will send out every so often. Hey, uh, you know somebody in your area within a certain radius of your home has sent out an alert, and they'll tag their video, and so you can see what is going on. And they just hey, be aware of this or whatever. And so I have a coworker that was showing me his camera, and so he has the the one on his front door, and then he has one. Uh, in you know in the front of the house and that sucker just gets everything and you're able to zoom in and it looks very very clear and you're able to do it on your phone and there's been times where I've had conversations with people that were at my door and they might have thought that I was here at the house but I was really at work and so you get to do all of that so I highly recommend those I mean I know the one that I installed was only like a hundred dollars and I think it's like thirty dollars a year or whatever for the service. And I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's smart to do those types of things. However, you can harden your home and, you know, to be a little bit more secure. Okay. Moving on. Number five is store some water and have a way to filter and treat water. Water takes up a lot of space, but try to keep at least one week's worth on hand at all times. Two weeks is even better. Tap water may be available, but not safe to drink. Just ask the folks in Flint, Michigan. You may need to filter and treat your tap water. All right, guys. So this is one where I always recommend the Hydro Blue VersaFlow water filter. And you can use it as a personal water filter. And you can use it as a family size water filter. I've done tutorials on how to do that. It is so, so easy. And you can do it for under $27, $25 around there. And the total, right? That's with the bucket. That's with the, the, the filter and everything. And so I have a link in the show notes. I highly recommend if you do not have a water filter that you at least get that one and then start looking at other ways to store water. But uh, very important here, you never know when water will be shut off. And you, you know it's so important, you don't realize it until it is too late. All right, next up, be smart when out in public. Pay attention to your surroundings. Be wary of people who look out of place are loitering, seem to be paying close attention to you, or who act nervous. Shop in groups. Let people know where you are going and when to expect you back. Keep your phone fully charged. Use well-lit and highly visible parking spaces. Before getting out of your car or walking out of a building, look out a window first to identify possible dangers. Don't get so involved with your smartphone that you ignore your surroundings. Always be alert. All right, so... You know, I listen to podcasts, so this is one that I always have to be mindful of. 
I would really like to, when I'm walking, going into a store or whatever, you know, put my headphones on and continue listening to the podcast that I'm listening to. But I know that that's not smart. So I don't do it. But there are a lot of people that are walking around, you know, buried with their heads buried in their phones. But you've got to be aware. So this is one of the, one of those things that I was talking about where you need to be able to make very quick decisions when things are happening. So, you know, like at Walmart that happened uh, in El Paso, right, this last weekend, you know, when you hear those gunshots, your, you know, your normalcy bias will kick in and say those are fireworks. And in fact, when they were interviewing people, they said, well, it kind of sounded like fireworks. But then it started, you know, after after the first initial shots, I realized it wasn't. So, you know, what would you do in a case like that when you started hearing those things, not waiting around, not saying, hey, are those fireworks or like, you know, something along those lines, but whatever moving far away from those sounds as soon as possible so that you can like, hey, go out the back way of Walmart, right? Find the, the back room and get out that way. Find a back exit. Um, you know, there was people hiding underneath, you know, different desks and, and tables and stuff like that. I don't know if I would want to hide. I would want to get out as much as possible, run far away. Um, the, the mantra run, hide, fight is one of those that, that are there. But if you can run, you want to get away, right? You want to run, uh, fast in Columbine, those students that, that shot other students, they were going room to room and they were, you know, they were taking out people that were hidden underneath desks and things like that. And so you want to run first. And if there's no other way of doing it, no other way of getting, you know, getting out of that situation, then then hide. And then, of course, you need to fight. Right. So um, in, in, in whatever means possible. The other thing is when you're looking at what happened in Dayton, Ohio, when I look at the, the news reports, this was a popular place. So apparently or from the news reports, um, the cops got there with, within a minute. So the shooter shot off, I think he killed like nine people uh, around there. He shot nine people within, uh, you know, a minute's time. But if you're out there and he was shooting people at a bar location or whatever, he was shooting people um, that were on a patio from, from the news reports from what I read. But when that starts going down, what do you do? You know, how do you respond? And again, normalcy bias will have us, you know, looking at that situation and saying, I can't believe I'm in this real situation here. Right. And but you need to get to the point where you are so familiar with your surroundings that you're able to move very quickly. And maybe if you are uh, someone who is into preparedness, but your family isn't. Maybe that is one of those little things that you do when you go to a restaurant. Like, guys, look around. Where would you exit if something like this happened? You know, this is the perfect time to talk about this. And maybe not to freak out your your young kids. But if you have some teenagers who are a little bit older, I can guarantee you they're talking about this in schools. They've had drills in schools uh, about things like this, right? So this isn't going to be too freaked out for them, but being able to say, hey guys, look, this happened you know, at Walmart, this happened at a bar, restaurant, bar, whatever it was in Dayton, Ohio, things happen all the time. Let's just be smart about this. Where would you go if we were in this restaurant and then some crazy person, let's just not say that there was you know, gunshots. What if some crazy person was, was in the front and you felt you know, that you needed to get out of there? Where would you go? And so you can have those conversations and get people thinking that way. You got to be careful. I know because, you know, you put that fear inside of other people. 
but you talk about, you know, you got to talk about it in a way like, hey, this is not about being fearful. This is about protecting yourself and making the right move and being able to do it quickly, not just sitting around. So what would you do? How would you get out, you know, and, and having those. So be smart when you're out in public. Look around. I love the idea of being around, you know, lit areas. You might even get to the point where you don't go out at night. Uh, I know that my wife, I don't like her to go out at night unless I go with her or one of the boys goes with her um, because it's just it is just one of those things to be smart and, and to be careful. And so you might find yourself in that situation as well. So be smart when you're out in public in all those different ways. How can you how can you do it? I like the thing again, he's talking about keep your phone fully charged. Have a way to charge your phone if whatever reason you are going to work and then you are on your way home and it is late and your battery is down, but you're able to charge it and you have a full charge because you have a battery you know charger with you. Like I said, they're not very expensive. Everyone should invest in one of those. All right, so a couple of more here. Next, also know how to not look like a victim. This is somewhat similar to being the gray man, but not exactly. Don't make yourself a target by wearing expensive, flashy clothes and accessories or driving an expensive car. Don't make yourself a target by appearing easy prey. Always wear practical clothes and shoes. Pay attention to your surroundings and walk confidently head up. Practice situational awareness, which is more than just paying attention, although that is the starting point. For me, being a big guy, when I'm walking out there, I know, you know, people, I make eye contact with people. And so they know that I see them. Not everybody wants to do something like that. But if you have your, you know, you're looking up again, you don't have your head buried in a, uh, in a smartphone, but you are, you know, paying attention of, to what's going on, you know, up a thief or someone that wants to do harm to you is going to want, want to have the element of surprise. And so if they can't surprise you, they're going to think twice about messing with you and they'll, they'll wait for someone else. But then just the idea of, you know, flashy, expensive clothes and all that kind of stuff. I think that's smart as well. Again, I think you need to know what environment you're in and you need to be situationally aware of that. But I, th I think that's smart. Um, but we're at, we're at a, a time now where things could look expensive and they're not really, you know, everybody now has, I remember when like Apple watches were coming out and, uh, you know, were, those were very expensive and now people have, uh, different watches and I've seen them on Amazon and they're like 20 bucks. Right. And so you might see somebody with one of those kinds of watches on and they're like, you know what? It's not very expensive. They might think it's expensive, but it's not. But anyway, I think there's a lot of good advice there. Next up is own some tools. So tools are wonderful inventions that allow us to do more than we could with just our hands. Everyone needs tools. Here are some recommendations. A good pocket knife is something most folks should carry. Mine is a Swiss Army knife, but pick whatever best suits your life and needs. A multi-tool is a great addition to anyone's EDC, and I highly recommend getting one. I always carry my Leatherman on my belt. I, I like my Leatherman Wave. I really do. And when I can't carry it on my, you know, in, in my pocket, uh, I use, uh, you know, I have one in my bag because I'm always carrying my bag around. Uh, a multi-bit screwdriver is also quite handy. So carry one in your bag, briefcase or EDC. And there is a attachment. There are attachments, screwdriver attachments that you can add to the Leatherman Wave. Just FYI on that. And then I've also found that a good pair of scissors is very useful to have on hand. Carry one in your briefcase or bag. 
Of course, you should have a good toolkit at home, even if you live in a small apartment. For what to include, please see my article, Basic Starter Toolkit. And so there are a lot of links. I keep forgetting to say that, but there are a lot of links in Tim's article here that you can uh, that you can link to. All right, next up, practical, useful shoes are an everyday must. Though not just shoes, but useful shoes. Shoes you can walk in, run in, climb in, and will protect your feet. So not high heels, sandals, clogs, or flip-flops. Not even wingtips. Sure, you may need the, these type shoes for work, but you should always have a pair of more practical shoes with you for when you need them. Perhaps keep them in your car or a spare pair at work. I'm lucky enough to not have to dress up for work, so my everyday shoes are hiking shoes, which are a great compromise between athletic shoes and work boots. Of course, I also have work boots at home for when I need them. You know, recently I was looking for some uh, some new tennis shoes to, to use, and I, I always, when I do that, I switch out my old tennis shoes, usually use those for like different yard work and, and, and things like that. But when I was out looking for them, I was going through just the hiking boot uh, area and they have some that look like hiking boots or that they're like hiking boot. The purpose is hiking boots or hiking. Uh, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Can't get it out there, but um, they don't look like hiking boots. You know, they look like shoes and some are, you know, they're not even don't go up all the way to your, to your, uh, to your ankles. And so some of them look pretty, pretty cool, man. You know, I got to say, uh, some of them have some steel toes and steel toes, you know, on, on them. And so as I was looking around, I was, I was hitting, uh, on Amazon, just kind of seeing what was out there. I started seeing ads, you know, on other websites for these shoes that are like these new shoes. I think they're called indestructible. Now on Amazon, they had one review. Um, they're trying to send you to their website on all these other ads, but anyway, so they only had one review and it wasn't a really good one on, uh, on Amazon. So I'm going to wait probably until there's other reviews, but they have steel toe. They bend very well. They're like anti-slip. Um, they have really good grip. I mean, I mean, the video may like these would be the ultimate shoes that you would want to have, right? The video just made it seem like uh, you're like a super superpower with these shoes. You have a superpower with these shoes. But anyway, there's you know a lot of cool shoes out there that don't look like your traditional hiking boots, working boots that uh, could be beneficial. So you might want to uh, look into that a little bit. Maybe when you're in a shoe section that has specific, maybe like a, an outdoor store that has specific um, hiking boot type, you know, uh, displays and stuff like that. And then looking online, like I said, um, I think that's pretty, pretty cool what's coming out and what they have now uh, available. So definitely having some good shoes is important. Then next up is self-defense is a skill everyone should master. It can be just as useful during good times as it will be during the zombie apocalypse. I recommend everyone take a good non-lethal self-defense course. A good self-defense course won't just cover self-defense, but also give info on avoiding dangerous situations. Finally, if you can carry a gun legally, do so. Know and obey the laws, get all the proper licenses and permits, get well-trained and practice gun safety, of course, but carry if you can. All right, so uh, you know more great information there. The self-defense, you know, a lot of people are going to gyms and working out that way. You might, if you are in a situation where you're wanting to work out and you're wanting to exercise more, then doing that through self-defense, some kind of martial arts class 
would be a great way to you know get healthy and at the same time learn some skill so you have that ability there and then of course the firearms you know that always comes up that's something that uh, if you can do so get the training be able to carry i mean that's always definitely a benefit for your for your safety for your self-defense and then uh last up here finally never underestimate the usefulness of money seriously everyone should have a small stash of cash hidden at home for emergencies as well as an emergency fund stashed at your local bank or credit union the amounts will depend on your particular circumstances and concerns of course but i recommend at least a couple hundred dollars cash at home and at least six months of living expensive expenses in a savings account so this speaks to you know your budget and your finances and all of that good stuff i think it's very important I know that there was a comment here uh, in this article that someone said, don't keep your three to six months worth of expenses at the bank uh, because, you know, if there was a bank holiday, whatever, and all that kind of stuff. So the thing that you're going to have to weigh there is, do I want to risk having three to six months of cash here in my house where it can get stolen? Or if my house burns down, I lose all that money. Uh, and so that's that's one of those things that you're going to have to weigh, um, you know, keeping things at a bank versus keeping it at your home and the plus and minus is there. But I think having cash on hand is very, very important. And I highly recommend it as well. I have been in some situations where I have had cash. It wasn't enough. Luckily, I was able to get to a, to an ATM very quickly. But here's, here's the thing, just having cash, you know, folding up a $100 bill, $200 bills, and put them in your wallet and in a, in a place where you don't normally get to, so that it's kind of out of out of mind for a little bit. I think it's very valuable. And then having maybe you don't put it in your wallet. Maybe you have two, three hundred dollars, uh, five hundred dollars, whatever. If you can afford that, you know, maybe you have that at home somewhere. That might be smart as well because you never know when you're going to need that money. Uh, you know what? You might find a, a great deal. You might uh, in your neighborhood they might have a garage sale. You might come across some really great tools and you need some cash. But, you know, you, you don't you can't run to the bank or the bank is closed and uh, you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Right. And so, you know, there's always reasons to to have that. So I think that's good as well, because you never know what kind of emergency you might find yourself in where you need a little bit of cash. Well, guys, a lot of great information over here. Just just random, like you know, like the article said, random ideas to enhance everyday survival. Random ideas, I think. uh a lot of great information here, and uh, hopefully you can apply something to your life. A lot of the times, those of you who are new to preparedness, like something will click and say, hey, that's something that I can do. Some of you have been preparing for a long time already, and you're, you know, you're that pro prepper out there, but it's very easy to get stagnant. It's very easy to just kind of like, hey, okay, I got that under control, but maybe you go and you revisit these situations or these things that we were talking about here in this podcast, and maybe you can make some adjustments. If you have any other great ideas, I would welcome you to come over to episode 596. I make it very easy for you in the show notes to go directly to episode 596 and drop your comment in the comment section, and then I can read it later on in a future episode. So uh, I would love for you to be able to do that if you have any other bits of advice to add on to this episode. So again, thanks so much to Tim Gamble and timgamble.com. Guys, again, I'm going to link to this 
this article in the show notes so you can go check it out along with all the other links that are there. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 596. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on this episode. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com or search for The Prepper Website Podcast in any of your podcast catchers and we will pop up. Make sure that you subscribe and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. Hey, and take a moment to connect with me. I have a link in the show notes so you can join the Prepper Website email list. And guys, once again, I'm just going to say, don't forget to come on over to PrepperWebsite.com if you're looking for more preparedness information. We have a ton of great preparedness links every single day, as well as articles that are specific to things that preppers would want to know, like alternative news, DIY, frugal living, um, just regular news out there that applies to us. Just a lot of information out there. So I'd love for you to come over and continue your preparedness quest over at PrepperWebsite.com. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.